0: to another Reimagining Windows show on TechNet Radio. This is our series of business value interviews for IT managers all around Windows 8. My name is Kevin Remde, and I'm a senior IT pro evangelist on the U.S. developer and platform evangelism team at Microsoft, and I'm your TechNet Radio host today. Today we're continuing our discussion with Microsoft's senior product marketing manager, Michael Niehaus, all about deploying Windows 8. Michael, thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, so so for those of our viewers who might have missed or haven't had a chance yet to listen to or view part one, why don't you briefly introduce yourself? What does a senior product marketing manager do at Microsoft? And specifically, what do you have to do with Windows 8? Well, I actually
1: started in this job back in August, so I'm still figuring out myself what a senior product <laughs> marketing manager does at Microsoft. But uh, from a, a high-level perspective, I just oversee the... OS deployment processes so what does it take for enterprises to get Windows 8 deployed and for areas where we find that we might not have enough guidance enough documentation where we can help educate enterprises really trying to create that additional uh, content to show them here's really what it takes to get this job
0: done Hmm. all right Good. And uh, we had a really great chat in in part one of our discussion here. Uh we talked about some of those some of those areas of deployment, some of the reasons and some of the tools behind it. Uh the the automated or the sorry the assessment deployment kit, is that correct? ADK and right. then the MDT, the Microsoft Deployment Toolkit, and how they're designed to help configure and manage deployments and migrations and upgrades to Windows 8. Um and tools that also, as a part of that, help with the installation, the management of drivers, packages, applications, and so on. But we haven't had a chance yet to talk about some more of the some of the more advanced tools uh, that support more complex scenarios for lar- or maybe in larger organizations. So, what does Microsoft have for for the big enterprise uh, that really has a, a complex environment to manage?
1: So we we have a couple of tools that we can talk about. One is kind of a, a lower level item, and then the second one is much higher level. So we'll start with WDS on the lower level side. WDS, Windows Deployment Services, has been around for a while. For those of you who've been around a long while, it used to be called RIS for Remote Installation Services, uh, back when it just had the Pixie booting capability. Since then, it's grown to also add multicast support. So if you think about Windows Deployment Services, it provides that networking layer to enable you to do OS deployments across the network even to computers that don't yet have operating systems on them by supporting network booting so you have that as the the core functionality the, the network boot capabilities provided by WDS and Pixie the newer capability then that was added into Windows deployment services was around multicast transmissions of operating system images. So if we're deploying an operating system to, say, 100 different computers at once, rather than sending that operating system image 100 times across the network, we can instead send it once where all 100 computers receive it at one time. So it, it drastically reduces the amount of load on your network by just really sending the bits once letting all of them listen in on that transmission and save the files locally
0: interesting interesting yeah that I I was kind of amazed by that that whole algorithm the first time I heard about it where we actually just transmit it and if someone comes late to the party they'll continue to get the bits and then it'll start over and, and catch them up essentially when when it gets to that point so it's just really kind of a magical thing happening in the background that makes uh, again a very efficient use of the network uh, to be able to do a, a big a big installation, a large-scale installation.
1: Yeah, definitely. So the uh, the idea of multicast has been around for a long time, I mean, going back probably 10, 15 years. And the early implementations were always a, a bit of a challenge because you would have to go from computer to computer and get them all to the point where they were ready to go and then hit hit the magic button to get them all started at once. But mm. with the the autocast capabilities that were implemented in Windows Deployment Services, all of that goes away. You can just start each computer at your leisure. They join into the multicast session wherever it happens to be, maybe halfway through the image file. And when it gets to the end, if the computer hasn't yet received all of the pieces, it starts over at the beginning and it keeps on sending in that circular motion until every computer has received every piece of the image, and then if no one else is listening, then the multicast session goes to sleep and waits for more clients to join in. So it's really easy to implement, really easy to use, and even with the latest enhancements, they've taken it further to support different performance of the client machines because another challenge that people have run into with multicast is the slowest computer could drag down the performance of the multicast transmission so with windows deployment services now it supports three streams so it will automatically detect you're the slowest pc on the fastest stream i'm going to knock you down to the slower stream so that the faster pcs can get the the bits faster
0: oh that's great good so, um, is this going to require some kind of a complex infrastructure to support, um, or is it fairly straightforward? As far as Pixie goes, the
1: the network boot protocols provided in Pixie are implemented on top of the DHCP protocol. So, for the most part, your network should already support that. The main requirements are that the the DHCP packets that are being sent by the client computers need to get routed by whatever routers or switches you have in your infrastructure to the WDS server so that it can then respond to those requests. If by chance you're running WDS on the same server as your DHCP server, then you don't need to do anything else, it'll just work. So nothing too much required to get uh, network booting and Pixie working. Multicast does require a little bit of additional configuration uh, to enable ICMP and similar protocols on your routers to support the multicast stream, so you'll definitely want to talk to your networking team before you attempt to start doing multicast. But even if you're just using it within the confines of a, a lab environment or a staging room, you can certainly use multicast on a single network segment without any challenges. You'll just need to talk to your network working folks before you expand that out to, say, an entire office or Uh, even broader to multiple offices because then they need to make sure that they'll allow that type of multicast traffic to go between uh, switches or between sites.
0: And remind us again the the tools we talked about so far the ADK, the MDT and now WDS, what does all this cost?
1: They're all basically free. In the case of Windows Deployment Services, it's a feature provided in Windows Server 2008 R2 and Windows Server 2012. The ADK will run on any operating system, Windows 7 or above, MDT, same situation. So as long as you're running Windows, a current version of Windows, you can run any of these tools or all of these tools as uh, additional free components on top of what you already have.
0: Fantastic. The platform's already paid for. We've got the the tools on top of it, and we're good to go. That's excellent. Uh, Very good news. So beyond what we've talked about so far, uh, as we mentioned uh, up front here, a lot of our organizations are, are, you know, we're either we already either have or perhaps we're evaluating some of the benefits of a product like System Center 2012. Uh, Service Pack 1 of System Center came out recently and it adds a number of additional capabilities and and I think primary among those is the ability to support, manage, monitor, virtualize, and build a data center into a private cloud environment that's based on Server 2012, the the newest version of Windows Server, as well as working with with clients that are running Windows 8. So uh, do the improvements in Service Pack 1 include um, driving Windows 8 deployments as well, and, and then applications, Windows 8 applications?
1: Yeah, and that's been one of the, the big things with specifically System Center Configuration Manager 2012 SP1. That's the the version, the release that adds full support for Windows 8. And when we're talking about full support for Windows 8, that involves a few different areas. First, obviously, it can support Windows 8 as a managed client, so that's good. And at the same time, as part of that managed client capabilities, there's the ability to deploy Windows 8 applications, Windows 8 apps, using sideloading. So Configuration Manager actually implements what we would call an Enterprise App Store to allow you to deploy the the Windows Store apps that you may want in your environment internally using your own infrastructure. So uh, that's certainly provided in Configuration Manager SP1. Then we get into the OS deployment capabilities. So prior to Configuration Manager 2012 SP1, Configuration Manager used the Windows AIK. So with SP1, they updated Configuration Manager to switch over to using the ADK to get all of the benefits that we had talked about before. Leveraging Mm -hmm. the latest OS deployment tools, the latest versions of Windows PE, the latest Dism tools, latest USMT, all the the latest deployment components get added into Configuration Manager. Uh, So... You need Configuration Manager 2012 SP1 to deploy Windows 8 as well as manage Windows 8 and to deploy Windows 8 apps. It's really then going to be the exact same process as you would be using to deploy windows 7 again we're just talking about incremental enhancements to the os deployment process to fully support windows 8 but uh, overall when you look at it the, the process is very similar to what you would have used to deploy windows 7 in the past
0: Okay. Now, using the MDT, we, can, we could build what um, we, we talked about earlier, which is essentially a light-touch installation. We use the acronym LTI for that quite often. Uh, but I understand that System Center 2012 Configuration Manager also takes us to a new level or a level or two. Uh, tell us something about that. Um, I, I understand there's a uh, user def, uh, user-driven installation as well as a zero-touch installation. What does that mean uh, in terms of our end-user experience?
1: Yeah, one of the things that, I mean, going back a few years to when Configuration Manager and before that when it was even called System Management Server, uh, the the big desire was to do a completely zero-touch deployment. So how could you deploy a new operating system to existing computers without anyone ever needing to visit the machine or answer any questions? I mean maybe your users go home at the end of the day and when they come back in the morning they have a new operating system and they're all set to go so that was the big push for a number of years was to provide that zero touch installation or zti experience where there was no wizards no user interaction at all there would just be an administrator sitting back in his office who would push a button and maybe deploy anywhere from 100 to 500 computers every night when you were leveraging that with multicast, with the additional capabilities provided in Config Manager to uh, do the automation and monitoring, it really became more of a question of, well, how many questions are going to be generated from the users? How many help desk calls are going to be generated? So. You could get that ZTI deployment so automated to the point where you really didn't worry so much about how many computers you were going to deploy in one evening as long as your help desk could handle the calls, as long as you had the people available in the the case where there might be a failure or two here and there to go out and troubleshoot those machines and be able to fix any issues that might occur before the morning comes and the users show back up. So we got really good at doing those ZTI deployments, but when we got back into the, the conversations with the enterprises out there, they also still wanted that wizard-driven deployment to be a possibility as well, even with Configuration Manager. So that's where the user-driven installation came back in. We wanted to provide the same wizard driven experience in a configuration manager deployment so that you could ask a few questions up front and then use the answers for those questions to drive the rest of the process things like what name do you want the computer to have, what uh, time zone should it have, what domain should it join, what app should be installed All of those things, all of those questions could be answered either by the end user or by uh, an IT pro who was going around and kicking off the OS deployment on their behalf. So that was what we added in MDT 2012, and we continued to enhance that in Update 1 to make it even easier for you to define your own custom wizard panes. So maybe you wanted to ask an additional question about... uh, What default printer should they have or uh, really anything that you could imagine you could build into a custom wizard pane fairly easily where we'll ask for the information, save that into a variable in the task sequence and you just have a later step in the process that would look at that value and do whatever was necessary to make that so.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so the tool that there there is actually a tool that allows us to build those screens and add them into the whole process. The whole uh, task sequence is what we call the step by step and answering those questions.
1: Right. We included a UDI designer where the designer tools used to configure a lot of the default answers for the questions, so that it makes it easier to just click through and you don't want to change anything. But That same tool also has the ability to create the new wizard panes, and it's actually a a drag and drop designer, so you can just say, I want to create a new wizard pane. It gives you a blank slate, and then you can put text boxes and check boxes and other things directly onto the design surface, and you'll know exactly what it's going to look like when you then uh, deploy using that configuration.
0: Hmm, very smart. So what kind of infrastructure am I going to have in place or need to have in place to support using System Center 2012 Configuration Manager?
1: The the main infrastructure requirements for Configuration Manager are just the the servers to run it. Generally you would have the, a dedicated server depending on the size of your infrastructure, the number of offices. You may have multiple servers, but uh, typically, at least two or three servers running Configuration Manager 2012 combined with an existing Active Directory infrastructure to fully support the management and operations of Configuration Manager. So, it's not too heavy overall. Uh, Configuration Manager generally is it's an investment that an organization is going to make into not just the OS deployment capabilities, but also into the ongoing management of the apps and patching and uh, collecting inventory and performing remote control and all the additional capabilities that are present in Configuration Manager. So uh, as part of the implementation of Configuration Manager, you have that infrastructure in place, the, the multiple servers set up to to handle that plus you probably have a dedicated staff who will be uh, maintaining configuration manager maintaining the task sequences maintaining the apps maintaining the patches uh, just uh, overseeing that as part of their day-to-day job
0: and it certainly scales out to the largest organizations as well the way the architecture is is built to be able to set up distribution points and management points at various locations around the world. Uh, you know, as long as you have the network connectivity to be able to make that happen, it, uh, it's a very, a very scalable tool. Uh, it scales as large as you need. Um, and, and of course, too, it's Configuration Manager simply a component of System Center 2012. So, if you own System Center 2012 uh, SP1, you've got Configuration Manager as well as all the other components that are part of that product. Right. All right. So where would you like to send people for more information about Windows 8, WDS, Configuration Manager, or any of the other tools we've discussed?
1: Well, like we talked before, we've tried to consolidate all of these different pieces into one place on the Springboard website out on TechNet so that we can at least get you to one location where we have a whole bunch of links that will point you to other locations on TechNet and other places throughout the the Microsoft.com website. So that would be my suggestion. Start there and follow a lot of the links where they get into much more details around Windows 8 OS deployment, Windows Deployment Services, Configuration Manager, and anything else that we've talked about.
0: Fantastic. Well, Michael, thank you again so much for your time. I know that our viewers have found this very useful. I know I have. Uh, So we really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me again.